This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast alongside Ben McKee. This is Wes Rucker coming to you from Orlando, Florida. Uh, This is a Wednesday evening, so uh, about 24 hours from now, Thursday evening, 940 Eastern. Tennessee will open the NCAA tournament against Louisiana uh, just across the way from where we are. Actually, from our hotel room right now, we can look over and see Amway Center uh, where Tennessee will open and uh, perhaps close, um, but definitely open the NCAA tournament on Thursday night. Tomorrow will be the Tennessee will be the the fourth game of the day here. Uh, It opens with, uh, I believe it's Virginia and Furman just around lunchtime. After that, it will be San Diego State. Uh, against College of Charleston. Then in the evening, it'll shift over to the East region uh, where it'll be around 7.30 or 7.15. It will be Duke uh, against Oral Roberts, and the winner of that game will play the winner of the Tennessee-Louisiana game on Saturday at a time that has not been determined yet. Uh, Ben, we were over at just across the way at Amway Center uh, for much of the day today, speaking with Rick Barnes and several of his players. I know the locker room was open when the players and coaches were doing their press conference. I stayed for the press conference. You went back into the locker room. Uh, Then we watched the Vols go through. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it a practice, but at least a shoot around there for about 45 minutes inside Amway Center, as every team does with an open practice before the NCAA tournament. I I thought... As far as vibes go, uh, it was pretty decent. Tennessee looked like a team that had been there before, looks like a team that that has been in environments like this, uh, a team that knows it's not playing its best basketball right now, but a team that knows that now there's a blank slate for everybody and that it's it's everybody's got the same chance to win this thing. And I feel like Tennessee uh, had a pretty good vibe day as far as those things go. I don't know how much you – look into that stuff better how much that stuff matters but I thought Tennessee was sort of in a good place mentally today yeah I thought they were too I mean you see teams like Oral Roberts coming in and they've got the phones out coming out of the tunnel and taking videos as they walk onto the floor because they are at the NCAA tournament and that's not to say that Tennessee wasn't doing those type of things I've seen several picks on on the the Instagram stories of Tennessee players from when they practiced at the Orlando Magic's true practice facility before making their way over to the Amway Center for their shoot around and media availabilities and and all that fun stuff. So I'm I'm sure there's a little bit to that in terms of kind of the the all shucks look where we are type of moment that that you could see the the College of Charleston and Oral Roberts and, and Louisiana kind of having, um, but it it just being in the locker room and being around the team in the tunnel and cutting up with them before they're walking onto the floor for for shoot around I mean it it felt like the same old Tennessee team that 
that I've been around all season long. I, I didn't really notice anything different, and, and that's uh, that's a good thing in, in my mind. And, and there still is quite a ways to, to go before tip off. Uh, it is a nine forty p.m. Eastern tip, and I don't I don't even think it's nine forty yet. It's not. It's eight o'clock uh, on, on a, a Wednesday night, so we're still over twenty four hours away. So they, they've got some time before they truly really need to dial it in. But they seem relaxed. They, they seemed laid back, and I, I do think that just because they're like that, that 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 doesn't guarantee success because you you can be too laid back at times. Um, I, I it's to me it's as, it's as simple as are, are they going to show up and execute? I mean, it, they're, they're going to have the right mindset, the the hustle, the the grit, the determination, all the intangibles are are going to be there for Tennessee. It's a matter of do they commit turnovers? Too many turnovers, I should say. It's it's basketball. You're going to turn the basketball over. But how many turnovers do they have? Are, are they able to, to show up and, and play with the defense that we've become accustomed to before Zakai Ziegler's injury? Are they able to knock down free throws? Are they able to knock down open shots? I mean, that, those are all the things that are going to determine the, the game because you, you never, ever question or, or doubt whether this team will show up with the right mentality under Rick Barnes because they always do. Yeah, I think this season, the, you could probably say the Colorado game was the only time all season where Tennessee maybe didn't show up with the right mentality, and that was something pretty clear. Uh, and Rick Barnes and, and his players have mentioned that many times, and we don't need to, to rehash that. But I think it's good to, to note that even in the games they haven't played their best, I, I think this has been a fairly mature basketball team throughout the process. This is a team that has been there, done that, gotten the souvenirs. Uh, and this is a team that that really wants to go out there. You go into a season and you have a, a list of things you want to do, right? If you're Tennessee, uh, you, you want to have a good pre-conference schedule and play well there. And then you get down to the nitty-gritty, right? You would like to win the SEC. You would like to win the SEC tournament. You would like to get to the Final Four. You would like to win a national championship. Those are the things, if you're Tennessee – that with a team of this caliber, you feel like going into the season, that's your checklist of things to do. Uh, the, the frustrating thing for Tennessee is that, um, you know, it did play pretty well for the most part in non-conference stuff. Got a couple of big wins, including over some top seeds in this tournament. SEC play did not go the way Tennessee wanted it to. Uh, the SEC tournament did not go the way Tennessee wanted it to. Uh, but this is a chance to get the biggest one of all. And, and I think it's interesting that in a sport like this, such a postseason sport, a season can feel so frustrating going into this tournament, and then you can play well in this tournament, and that's all people will remember. Uh, and then you have those seasons where you go on just an absolute heater during the regular season. You're clearly one of the best teams in the country, and then you you come up short in the postseason, and that season is remembered as a failure. So Tennessee still has a chance to take what I think we would all agree has been an erratic season, a frustrating season, not a bad season. I want to clarify that. Not a bad season. When you go into a season as a four seed in the NCAA tournament, you did not have a bad season. What Tennessee had, though, was an erratic season because Tennessee uh, lost to a couple teams that, that aren't in this thing. Uh, Tennessee went 3-1 and one against some of the top teams in this tournament, also went 0-4 oh against a pair of seven seeds that are in this tournament. So it was an erratic season for Tennessee, but a season that still can end in a memorable way. You wouldn't say that's where things are leaning, right? 
Nobody would say that. Tennessee uh, is not playing its best basketball right now. Tennessee does not have its point guard, who is pretty much an irreplaceable player right now. Uh, There are teams that are much hotter coming into this tournament. But we know through history, Ben, that all of that means absolutely nothing once the ball is tipped off in this tournament. You have a chance to make or break your season in this tournament. You've earned the right to be here, and once you get here, you have a chance to win the thing. Everybody does. There is parity all over the country right now, and whoever wins this tournament over these next three weeks may not be the best team in college basketball. I don't know who the best team in college basketball is. Maybe it's Alabama. You know, Maybe it's Houston. Maybe it's Kansas. I don't know who it is, but I also know that this tournament – feels like it'll be anything but chalky and you have a chance to make your season here in the next few weeks yeah you do for sure and it all starts Thursday night obviously against what what is a pretty good Louisiana basketball team and it'll start with Jordan Burns or Jordan Brown and uh, slowing him down and I I will be very interested to see how Jordan Brown does against Tennessee this this is a Tennessee basketball team that has certainly played its fair share of talented bigs uh, this this season and and off the top of my head I, I don't re- really remember one in particular postman just going crazy Arizona was very close uh, for sure but they, they have several talented basketball players to, to where there wasn't maybe necessarily one that just killed Tennessee but you, you're right but uh, over the course of the season it, it's been one big after the next after the next and I, I know Sheboy put up some numbers against Tennessee but I like this is a Tennessee team that is it's experienced in the front court the, the inconsistencies are, are frustrating at times but Olivier Kamwa, he he's had plenty of matchups Urosh Plavshik has had uh, plenty of matchups and Jonas Adu has played two years of college basketball at this point or a season and a half if, if you want to kind of look back at his freshman year and, and recognize that he didn't really start playing until the second half. But Tobey's been playing all year long. Uh, he, he should be able to hold his weight, uh, in, in my opinion, not necessarily one-on-one with Jordan Brown because it's not going to be on one person to to shut him down. Maybe somebody catches a hot hand and is playing really well defensively and, and Rick Barnes sticks with that matchup. That is certainly possible. But it, it's going to be a group effort. It's going to be on all four post guys chipping in and making life difficult on Jordan Brown because it's going to have to be Urosh and and Tobe being really, really physical with him. It's going to have to be Jonas Adu uh, allowing his length to present issues. And and then Olivier Kumwa is the most athletic of the the four Tennessee post players, kind of a a little finesse game uh, and kind of bringing a, a a larger toolbox I don't know that there's one thing that Olivier does great defensively but I think he does a lot of things well because of how athletic and and kind of long uh, that he is so all four of those those guys are gonna have to chip in but it's not just them either I mean it's Jemai Meshack it's Josiah Jordan James doubling or just being kind of an annoying pest or an annoying gnat like that that's what it's going to come down to uh, for Tennessee and they have other very talented players. Don't don't get me wrong. Was especially within their starting lineup, uh, their, their point guard is one of the best statistically in the country. First in the Sun Belt in assists, and I believe seventh in the entire country in in total assists. And and then they have two shooters 
who are shooting over 40% from three. Now, I thought it was weird just looking at it from a statistical standpoint. One of those, I believe it's Williams Jr., uh, or, or maybe it's the other one, uh, only averages six points a game. It, it, they have two guys who have taken over 100 threes, I believe, and both of them are shooting 40%, so that's a pretty stout number. But one of the two is only scoring six points a game, which I, I, I thought was very interesting. You you would think that a 40% three-point shooter would <laughs> would average more per game, but that, that kind of tells you that he's a, a one-trick. No, he's not selected. There, there's only one thing that he does is is, is what he does, uh, and and then the other guy in the lineup is is like the team's best free throw shooter. So uh, Tennessee can certainly get beat on Thursday night. There, there's no doubt about that. But I I do the more that I've kind of looked at the matchup and on paper and statistically and and listened to people talk about Louisiana. I, I think it's a, a matchup that favors Tennessee, obviously, uh, and I think there's a reason that Tennessee is double-digit favorites, whether it be from Vegas, whether it be from Ken Palm. All the metrics are predicting a double-digit win for Tennessee, and th- there's a lot that goes into it. A, they're not very good defensively from a statistical standpoint. Uh, it, it would be very disappointing if you're Tennessee to struggle offensively given the – not strength of schedule, but the the level of opponent that that they've struggled to defend. I think it would be very frustrating if Tennessee turns around and and, and struggles. But also like Jordan Brown, they have Jordan Brown. But other than that, like I, I really do believe that that Tennessee's physicality is going to be an issue for them. Yeah, I think in talking to the players on on Wednesday today, as we're recording this, I, I think you you get a general sense from them that they're obviously not going to divulge the entire game plan, right? That would be pretty stupid. But you can listen to the players and sort of piece things together in your mind. And the thing that stuck out to me the most when they talked about Louisiana, and this was like a common denominator, they all know the offense goes through the big man. He touches the ball in almost every possession. He also gets some assists and some other things. He'll step out and shoot a three occasionally. Um, but that was number one. And number two, the biggest thing that I heard uh, across the board from from the big men, from a couple of the guards even, Santiago Vescovi also said this, you want to keep him off his spots. You want to push him off his spots. Like every other player, there are places on the floor where he wants to catch the ball. These are the rhythms and the routines that he gets in every day in the flow of their offense. These are spots where statistically, if he touches the ball in this situation, there's an X percent chance the ball's going in and it's exponentially higher if he catches the ball where he wants to catch it in rhythm. So you have to knock him off his spots and you have to make him work. Tobey Awaka said this a few times. He said the whole thing came down to, listen, maybe the big man's going to get his, but we got to make him work to get it. We got to make him work hard on the other end defensively. We can't let him take possessions off. We have to, to, to try to limit the supply to him and make it difficult for him to catch the ball and not let him be in rhythm, throw different bodies at him. You know, Tennessee likes to substitute fairly frequently anyway. So I think you're going to see them go, okay, well, at first we'll put athletic Olivier Kamwa on you. Then we'll put really long man Jonas Adu on you. Then we'll put big physical bruisers like Tobey Awaka and Urush Plavsic on you. And by the way, all four of them have five fouls to give while playing you, and, you know, they might use them. I think that that's the thing is if you make this team beat you, 
you have to try to make the other guys do it. You, you have to try to make things hard for Jordan Brown. And even if he gets his, if you make it, if you make him work hard to get his and you limit the other guys, you're probably going to win this game because I like Louisiana as a team. I think we have to also be realistic about the schedule. Look who these guys have played. Look who they've they've done well against. Look at the teams that they've struggled against. This is a game Tennessee should handle. Does that mean it will happen, Ben? No, it doesn't. That's not what it means. But it means that it's a game that if Tennessee does what it's supposed to do and Louisiana does what it's supposed to do, Tennessee wins the game comfortably. Um, now, that doesn't matter whether you win by two or whether you win by 30. You win this game, you move on, and then you would face Duke or Oral Roberts, which I don't think nearly enough people are talking about. By the way, Oral Roberts has very recently been to the Sweet 16 with a player who scored a bunch of points on that team who's still on that team this season. I believe the longest winning streak in the country right now is Oral Roberts. So it's not a given. There was a couple years ago, Ben, remember Tennessee thought – it was going to be playing Duke in the second round. What happens? Duke gets upset, and Tennessee almost gets kind of a cakewalk into the Sweet 16. You never know what's going to happen in this tournament, but what we do know is that Tennessee opens with Louisiana, and then if Tennessee handles Jordan Brown, makes things difficult for him, Tennessee probably wins and moves on to the second round. Or what is it called now? Is it called the second round? What do they call it now? Because they got the first four in the first round. Yeah, let's call it the round of 64, and then if you win, you go to the round of 32. So there's a lot more to discuss about this game, uh, some things that we like about what Tennessee could do, some things that we that we don't necessarily like. Also, an update on Zakai Ziegler and his situation. Uh, we got a lot of things to discuss, but, but before we do that, we're just slightly overdue for a break here on this truncated version of the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. So let's go do that. Let's go pay some bills, listen to product services, in-house ads, etc., and then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. 
Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker and Ben McKee coming to you from Orlando. We are just across the street, basically, uh, maybe one block away, if that, away from Amway Center, where on Thursday night, uh, which is just a little more than 24 hours from now, 940 Eastern, Tennessee will play Louisiana to open the NCAA tournament in the home of the Orlando Magic. And it was interesting walking around the arena on Wednesday, you know, they have a bunch of like local artists have painted sketches and stuff of former players who have played for the magic over the years. And, and there were about four Tennessee players who were, who were there. There've been a lot of Tennessee players who have played for the magic over the years, including right now, Admiral Schofield is a member of the Orlando magic uh, who took a tough loss to the Spurs, uh, uh, I believe on Tuesday night, but uh, nonetheless, we are here Tennessee is here and there's a lot to discuss heading into this NCAA tournament and we'll get to that just uh, as quickly as I can uh, remind you or give you a quick request if you will so go on there rate review and subscribe to this podcast uh, if you're just listening on the website at govals247.com nothing wrong with that we love you no wrong way to consume this podcast however what helps us out the most is if you go on there on apple podcast uh, Spotify, Google Podcast, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod. You can find this GoVols 24-7 podcast. We do it for free. We're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. No complaints from this end. However, since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there, rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Tell people you see around town. Tell people you see out eating meals, walking your dog, going to church, Whatever you're doing, you, you see somebody out there wearing orange, tell them about this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Please do that. And if you're already doing that, thank you. We love you. And if not... I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Ben, before we get back to uh, talking about Tennessee, Louisiana, I do think it's important uh, to note that Zakai Ziegler did have his uh, ACL surgery earlier this week, I believe on Monday. It went well. Uh, Zakai is not with the team down here in Orlando. He, you know he wanted to be, um, but just a couple days after surgery, not really the time to make that trip. However, if Tennessee uh, can win two games here and get to New York next week, obviously Zakai Ziegler's hometown, uh, he will be able to go with the team to Madison Square Garden for that. So Tennessee is certainly hoping for many reasons that it gets to go to New York next week, um, but being able to send Zakai Ziegler and Tobey Awaka home uh, would be a nice thing, certainly, on top of that. And you know how everybody in this program feels about Zakai Ziegler and um, sort of play for Zakai. It's like Josiah Jordan-James uh, put on social media not long after the injury. Everything they do from this point forward is for Zakai Ziegler. He's their boy. He's their spark plug. He's their leader. Uh, and they miss him. He'll certainly have uh, many more big days ahead for Tennessee, but not with the team right now. And my question to you right now, Ben, is do you think – let's not assume that Tennessee has had nearly enough time to completely adjust to playing without Sakai Ziegler. But there have been a few games now the Vols have been able to play without their, uh, their speedy sophomore pint-sized playmaker there at point guard – what do you think Tennessee has learned about itself as a team? And, and how much do you think those few games of adjustment will matter coming into this tournament? Well, I think they'll certainly matter. There's no doubt about that. Uh, they, they've played three games now in which they definitively knew that they were going to be uh, without Zakai. Uh, four games, if you want to include the Arkansas game. But I, I don't really include that because, you know, preparation kind of goes out the door at that point three minutes in 
you, you still kind of knew how you wanted to attack Arkansas, but Arkansas wasn't able to to game plan for Tennessee, knowing that Ziegler wasn't going to going to play. And, and it's obviously changed so much about this Tennessee basketball team, and you, you've seen his absence show up in in many ways and I, I do think that they've been able to handle some things well uh, such as just simply handling the basketball being a primary ball handler I, I think Santiago Vescovi has done just fine doing that I, I think Tyreek Key, Jemai Meshack, Josiah Jordan James obviously you'd rather have Zakai because Zakai is a true point guard and, and those guys are not but I, I think they've been able to adequately fill in those responsibilities I, I, I think the offense has has mostly been fine. I, I I think it's been exactly fine. And the reason I kind of tweaked my my wording there is because mostly fine, because the two minutes late in games have, have not gone well for for the offensive late, and and that's because they miss the guy. I mean, he he is the primary ball handler, and and although it's fairly easy, I guess you could say. To, to have a primary ball handler in the game with with seven minutes to go in the first half or, or four or five minutes into the second half, there, there's not pressure on the ball handler at, at that moment. Uh, not At least not the type of pressure that you have on y- yourself at the end of a basketball game. And at the end of a basketball game, Zakai Ziegler is Tennessee's guy. I mean, he, he is the one getting the, the guys into different sets and, and into different offense and, and motions and um so on and and so forth like he is the guy he he is the maestro he he is the band director he he is the the captain of that ship so i i think that's where they've really missed him the most on on the offensive side of the ball and i asked jemai mayshack today in the locker room what needs to happen in order to to avoid those late game miscues and and to execute better late in basketball games because it, it doesn't matter if it's louisiana or Duke or Oral Roberts or, or playing, you know, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Like, you have to execute late in basketball games in the NCAA tournament in order to advance. If, if you don't, you will get sent home. I mean, it, it is truly that simple. And, and Jemai thought that they need to be more locked in and, and more connected um, because if, if you are locked in and, and you are more connected and, and you have more of an awareness, you're, you're probably not going to be as turnover prone uh, w- within those instances. So that that is a huge concern going forward. You and I have talked about it a ton here on, on the podcast. Uh, and that's crucial in any game, whether it's a preseason game or, or tournament game. But because the stakes are at an all-time high, your season can literally end it's imperative more than ever to to execute late in the game so that that's the the aspect where i think that they miss sakai the most uh and, and i've kind of changed my my tone on that a, a week ago or going into the sec tournament i was saying that i think they miss sakai the most defensively um, because his of his ability to to be an on-ball defender and not uh, get blown by, which opens so much on, on offense. So they they still really miss him on on the defensive side. Obviously, not saying that that they don't. Uh, the the defensive performances ha- have not been the last couple of games what they were uh, pre Zakai injury or, or what we saw most of the season. So they they're gonna have to figure it out. I I, I certainly think the three to four games without him are obviously gonna help because now. Zakai is becoming less and less of a conversation. It'll be a big conversation on the broadcast tomorrow night 
because it's a national broadcast, but in terms of conversations amongst Tennessee fans and people who cover the team on a day-to-day basis, it's becoming less and less of a conversation because we're getting further removed from it, which means Tennessee has more experience under its belt playing without Zakai. But those two areas right there, on-ball defense on the perimeter and executing late in the game, that's by far where they miss him the most. And and you would hope that the experience of these last couple of games uh, helped them turn that tide Uh, because maybe they're up by 10, 12 points on Louisiana and and it may not be a difference on on Thursday night. But if you're playing Duke or Oral Roberts in the second round and and I'll be surprised if Tennessee's just absolutely blowing either either of those teams out. I'll kind of be surprised if they're blowing Louisiana out. Um, because I, I do think Louisiana is a pretty solid basketball team. But as the further you go in this tournament, that late game execution has to be there. Not, and I've, I've been speaking to the offensive end of late game execution. That obviously applies defensively uh, as well. If, if they don't turn that tide, then it'll be a short tournament run for them. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, and I like that that we have somewhat different takes on this because I still think, and make no mistake about it, I I do agree that it's a huge concern uh, with the way they're handling late-game situations. I think there are too many times now where Tennessee's offense, without Ziegler especially, if you put a lot of pressure on the ball, you can get them to not even really initiate their offense until there's about – 10, 12 seconds on the shot clock. There are times where it, it's it's becoming that laborious for them to get the ball up the court and to get set and to get started, and that's been that's been a huge deal. But I, I still think we've not seen, except for the Arkansas game, uh, we have not seen Tennessee without Zakai Ziegler look quite as ferocious as it normally does defensively. He is sort of the head of the snake there, and I think that is a big big problem without him is that they're still really technically sound on defense they're not quite as dynamic because there are things on the ball he does and also things he does away from the ball you know he kind of you know gets in there and strips and rips and he can go down there when a guy uh, is not looking a big man and go rip the ball away from him there's a lot of little things he does instinctual things that defensively without him I know Meshack does some of that but they've not been the same without Ziegler there and speaking of Meshack, he was the one who said it the very first night before anyone even knew exactly how bad it was with Ziegler. I think we all sort of knew, but it hadn't been confirmed yet. He said, listen, we don't have another Zakai. We got a lot of guys on this team. We only have one of him. And I think the thing to me, the late game situations are big. And the other thing, and this has been true in almost every game he hasn't been out there, those live ball turnovers in the backcourt and the runouts the other way have been a huge problem because Zakai Ziegler is usually the guy who gets back first a lot of times on defense in those situations, and they have not been nearly as disruptive in transition defense without him. And if you, in the average game now without him, are losing by double digits and fast break points, you've got to make up for that in a whole lot of other areas to be good. You, you know, basketball is a game of numbers, and you hope at the end of the day that you end up with more points than they do, and there's different ways of getting there. And if you're going into most games knowing that you're going to get outscored like that in in transition, that means you have to be that much better than your opponent in half court on both sides. And Tennessee's capable of that. We've seen that. Um, But it's hard to bank on that going into every game. So what Tennessee has to do without Ziegler, uh, they have to still pick their spots when they go fast, 
but they need to go take those points when they're there. They really have to cut down the live ball turnovers in the backcourt because those lead to runouts the other way. Uh, and they've really, really, really got to own the paint. They've got to win, and they've done that. They've been really good, I think, in rebounding since Ziegler's been out. They've been consistently good in that area. Um, but it just sort of changes the calculus because Ziegler's a guy that you can't just look at his points and assists and say, okay, if somebody scores, you know, if six other guys combine for those 12 or 15 points and those eight assists, then, then, then we've made up for what they, what, what's going on without Ziegler. It's much more than that. It's getting back on transition defense. It's cutting down on the turnovers and it's executing late in games because that was an issue, if we're being honest, Ben, when Ziegler was still on the team. Like, they weren't great. This has not been a good closing team all season long. I don't know that it's ever going to be a great closing team. Uh, it's a team that's going to want to be up by six, eight, nine points going into crunch time, or else you feel like, oh, no, here it goes again. Um, but I think they've had enough time now. I think the shock of his injury has sort of worn off, and now it's a matter of the mindset of those guys being, okay, this is what the team is now. This is what we've got. We've got enough to go win. And that's what the last thing I want to talk about, Ben, is the confidence of this team. Because once the ball's tipped off, obviously it's going to come down to execution and who's mentally tougher, who makes the shots, who gets the rebounds. But I think everything in this tournament has got to start between the ears with this team. And I think their mindset going into it is huge. Why am I talking about mindset? Why am I talking about vibes? Because this time of year, you have been given a blessing. You have been given a blank slate. Everyone in this tournament, except for, I guess, the first four teams that have, that have gone out, have got a blank slate. You can either take advantage of that, you can take that as a, as a chance for a rebirth, or you can go out there and do what you've been doing and fall into the same trap, fall into the same problems, and probably have an early exit. But you have an opportunity in this tournament to start anew and and change your legacy, really. At, you know, you change your legacy as a player, as a team, as a program in moments like this. And that has to start with mental toughness between the ears and legitimate swagger. Not the kind of strutting around, you know, doing all that stuff, swagger. I'm talking about like the, we're here to win this game. We're here to beat you. We know we're good kind of swagger. And if Tennessee can find that, I think it's got a chance in this thing, but I think that's where it's got to start. Yeah, it, it, it definitely does. Uh, ultimately, it's it's going to come down to execution. Sure. And, and that that's kind of where I go because I, I, I don't, not, and I'm not saying that you are when I say this, but I, I don't question this team's uh, confidence. Their, their confidence is quite, their confidence is quite different than the the confidence that the fans portray and those who evaluate the team portray, and and that is often the case. Athletes are by nature supremely confident, as they should be, because you you need confidence to succeed. And you you talk to these players and listen to their interviews and in every which manner and they're they're all confident that they I mean you you saw and heard and read and listened however you consume Josiah Jordan James's quotes the other day uh, he, he obviously admitted that uh, Tennessee has has not won the way that it should have to close the season but 
uh, he he talked about having supreme confidence and supreme faith in his teammates and understanding that his, their their coaches have supreme confidence and faith in them. So the the vibes within the building are always much different than the vibes outside of the building. And I'm not speaking to just this particular basketball team because they, they've been a divisive um, topic at times. That that's just kind of the the nature of of sports to a certain extent, but I I do think that because this group understands its full potential, they've never really been fearful of what's to come in the long term. I don't think that they handle losing very well. That that's been documented. Uh, assistant coaches have have said that publicly this season. Rod Clark said it about a month ago, uh, and and those are words that I've heard behind the scenes as well, that, that they do not handle losing well. But I, I don't ever think that they freaked out from the losing because they understand this team's potential. And, and look, they have a chance to go out these next two to three weeks and and live up to the potential that they believe that they have and erase all of the negative conversations that were had during this regular season. If, if they go out and they, they go to the Elite Eight, the the final four then we'll, we won't be having conversations about the regular season that was so frustrating uh now i'm not banking on them getting to the elite eight or the final four because i believe they are too inconsistent to do so but i do recognize that they have the potential to make a final four the potential to make an elite eight they they can ease i, I won't say easily because they're good basketball teams but I was going to say that they can easily make it to New York City for the Sweet 16. It would not surprise me one bit if they handle business convincingly against Louisiana and turn around and beat Oral Roberts or Duke on on Saturday whenever they play, if they are to play that game. Because everybody, everybody will be picking Oral Roberts to beat Tennessee or picking Duke to beat Tennessee. You you can take that to the bank. There won't be many people. There there will be very few people and the few people that will pick Tennessee to win that basketball game will probably be the ones in the locker room. Uh just because of how the regular season ended and and I'm not saying that people aren't correct in in feeling the way that they do about this basketball team. I'm speaking to this team's potential and they can certainly go 2 and 0 down here in Orlando and then turn around and and beat uh, I guess it would be a Purdue or a Memphis or an FAU in the Sweet 16. This team is is capable of of doing that. They had that type of potential, but they are just so frustrating because you know that they have that potential, but they they play around too much <laughs> in in a way of of saying it. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I I, I like the matchup. Uh, if you're a Tennessee fan uh, this time of year, and not just a Tennessee fan, no matter what team you're, you're a fan of this time of year uh, in the opening round you're, you're fearful of of what the the other team that you're playing you're fearful of what they can they can do like you're fearful of them maximizing their potential and and playing to the best of their ability against your team so th- there are certainly some elements to Louisiana Jordan Brown and some big time three-point shooters they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in in the country so naturally you're, you're going to be nervous because you want your team to win but at the end of the day it's still a good matchup for Tennessee Tennessee has more talent they're 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 more athletic 
the the Louisiana defense is is not good. I, I don't think that they, as weird as this is going to sound for some, I don't think that they have the 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 roster, the type of roster that can slow down Tennessee offensively. Yes, offensively, and I think people conveniently forget that the offense has been clicking kind of well of late. It, it hasn't late in games the last minute or two when you look at Auburn, when you look at Missouri, but Arkansas. They scored over 70. Auburn at the road against a desperate team to get into the tournament scored 70. That Missouri game the other night scored 70 and, and answered big Missouri shots after big Missouri shots and had big shots of of their own. So I, I don't – yes, they have Jordan Brown, um, but this Louisiana team lacks height. They, they're barely inside the top 300 nationally in in size. And you, you look at Jonas Adu, his size, and how big and beefy Urosh and, and Tobe is. Large mammals. Uh, and, and Olivier has some length in this particular game that I think will be advantageous for him. So don't don't at all be surprised if Jonas Adu or Olivier Kumwa are, are having big first halves kind of out, out of nowhere because of their size. So... Yes, you're fearful of what Brown can do for you, uh, and and, <laughs> and and again, they, they can shoot it well from distance, but at the end of the day, th this is a matchup that favors Tennessee on paper. They're double-digit favorites for a reason, both from Vegas' standpoint and both from analytical standpoints, and uh, it, it'll be very disappointing. Not, not saying that they're not capable of being beaten, because they certainly are, but it, it, it would I, I would kind of be surprised, honestly, if they lose to Louisiana on Thursday night. Yeah, I think I've said this too, and I'll close on this. I think I said moments after the brackets were unveiled um, that the little that I knew about Louisiana off the top of my head and after a quick amount of research looking into them, I thought, you know what, I don't think this is a really good matchup for Louisiana. I think Tennessee in terms of of the – of the 13, 14 seeds or around there that you could possibly draw people in that 12 to 14 line. I, I don't think Tennessee got such a bad deal here. I think Tennessee got a pretty favorable matchup. Now it may not matter one damn bit once the game starts because Louisiana could have the game of its life. I mean, ask Virginia a couple of years ago, you know, you, you, you can have moments in this tournament where things just go the wrong way in a hurry and, and you're done. We've seen it. Tennessee fans probably know that about as well as anybody. Um, but I do think it's interesting that I don't think this is a terrible pod for the first weekend for Tennessee. Uh, I think there's some opportunities here for Tennessee to do some things, uh, and if you can get some confidence in this tournament, you can get started. You never know, right? I mean, even look at the number one seed in this region, Purdue, not been playing its best basketball lately. So let's just let's just wait and see what happens. We will try to have and and are planning to have uh, a post game uh, episode tomorrow. It will probably be brief <laughs> no matter what happens uh it will be uh, recorded at a god-awful hour not unlike the uh, post orange bowl podcast that we had this season that was basically almost the sun was coming up the next day uh so hopefully it's not quite that bad but we will have something after the game for you and uh as long as tennessee is playing in this tournament we will bring you updates as often as we can in addition to the uh, you know, baseball and football podcasts and all those other things that are out there all the time. So uh, for Ben McKee, this is Wes Rucker, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will see you soon. See you, Ben. Thanks, Wes. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you 
Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock. Got the checkerboard and the summit where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.